Okay, guys, uh, are we ready to get started? No? What? We're ready to start? Okay. I, you know, I don't have the bell here. <laughs> you guys want to have your seats? We'll get going here so we can get out of here at, uh, before it's dark. Maybe. Always gets them when you start to pray. Yeah, that's going to have to be what it is, I guess. So. Well, welcome everybody to uh, our final installment of the uh, spring session of the Worldview Wednesdays. So uh, tonight we're going to do uh, we're going to take a look at James, um, and we'll start uh, start the uh, evening with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to. Um, to uh, look at your word, to look at the book of James. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and for, the, for your word. We ask that you would open our hearts and minds to hear what you have to say to us in this book today and to make us doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. Um, we ask your blessing upon this group um, uh, to keep us safe in the travels. We also ask your blessing upon um, John um, and Leslie as they travel back uh, from Alabama and for some Family issues that they have to resolve tomorrow. Be with them and and lead them uh, through this tri- uh, through this trial. These things we pray in the name of your Son Jesus Christ. There is no volume. It's just recording. It doesn't it doesn't amplify at all. So I will I will uh, try to project a little bit better here. So. Um, well, again, uh, welcome everybody. We're going to do uh, take a, an overview look at James tonight, um, and, and just hit the major points of this book. It's uh, it's not going to be a word by word exposition of James that um, you're used to from Bob and Eric. Uh, there's just a lot of material in here, and um, I, uh, like Mike, I took a look at uh, what John MacArthur had done uh, in um, teaching through James, and I think it took him around 40 sessions. Uh, 40, 45 minute sessions to get through it, so we're, n- we're not going to get anywhere close to that level of detail tonight, but, um, but hopefully we'll just give uh, a high level detail or a high level look at um, the book and get you interested in, in uh, doing some, uh, some reading yourself. Um, I am not a professional teacher, um, but uh, we have a good book, good material to look at tonight. Um, so I think we can get this, uh, uh, get through this together. Uh, I would say we got a small enough group. Uh, if you have any questions, just ask them. Uh, if you're like me, uh, if we waited to the end, I'd forget them before we got to the end of the question or end of the session. So, just if, as, if you have a question, I may not have the answer, but we've got other people here that are knowledgeable about the word, so we can uh, hopefully, we'll, if we don't know it, we'll get a, get an answer to you. Um, this study we've relied on uh, a lot of. Uh, well, the book itself, commentaries, articles, and materials from other classes that, that, that we've taken. Um, and it would probably take you know, half our time here just to cite every, every, uh, everybody. But uh, it, it is a good study. There's a lot of stuff written about James. There's a lot of important um, um, uh, concepts in James. And um, uh, again, we're just going to scratch the surface here uh, tonight. Uh, it's been a great learning experience for me to, to prepare this, and I've learned a lot over the last couple of weeks taking a look at this, and I'm hoping that, uh, again, that uh, you will take the opportunity to delve into the book a little deeper. Um, as this is a, a Bible study, um, and um, you know, I, I noticed that Eric had once assigned some homework um, as part of a, a Bible study, the Sunday, the Sunday morning class. Uh, I think I, I was going to try to employ 
another teaching technique like that, um, and that's testing. So there will be a test tonight. Now, you don't need a number two pencil, and you don't need a computer uh, Markov sheet, but uh, there will be a test, and we'll let you look forward to that in just a, in a few minutes here. Okay, um, the questions, what we're going to try to do tonight is, um, well, first of all, look at the questions that are answered by this epistle. Um, we're just going to look at some of the basic questions that are discussed in the book, and uh, these are some weighty questions, and... Um, and they're addressed here and elsewhere in scriptures, but uh, we'll just, again, give a high-level um, answer, but leave the investigative work to you guys to, to dig out the detail. Um, this book, uh, among other things, is about faith, um, what it is and what does it look like. Um, it, it, it talks about the, uh, can we test faith, how, how is our faith tested and how is it revealed to others. Um, it's the relationship, it talks about the relationship between faith and works. Um, and the question always comes up, do James and Paul disagree on saving faith in works? So we'll just take a quick look at that. Um, how does our faith grow? What causes an increase in faith? Um, what is the relationship between godly faith and wisdom? So these are all some, you know, some pretty deep questions. And again, we're not going to answer everything you ever wanted to know about these questions, but we'll, we'll at least get you started on some of these questions tonight. A little background on the book. Um, the author, uh, that question is answered in the first word of the first chapter, of the first verse. It's James. Um, the, the predominant view uh, is, is that it was James the Just, uh, a disciple and, and, and brother of Jesus, or, or some say cousin, but a relation of Jesus anyway. Um, and he was not a believer in Jesus until after the resurrection uh, when Jesus appeared to him. Uh, Paul uh, uh, calls James a pillar of the church in Jerusalem, and he wrote that in Galatians 2, uh, 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 9. Uh, again, James was a righteous man. So that's how he got the title, James the Just. Uh, James was martyred um, around six, between 62 and 69 A.D., uh, and that's kind of an interesting story. He was martyred um, during the Passover. Uh, he was taken to the pinnacle of the temple, um, and told by the Pharisees to restrain the, the people who were embracing Christianity. Uh, and the and Pharisees were a little irked at him anyway because in his um, epistle that had already been written, um, he had indicated that the coming of the law uh, of the Lord draw, draweth nigh, and behold, the judge stands at the door. That's James 5, 8, uh, or chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. So um, they were, uh, the Pharisees were, were asking James to kind of rebuke the people or to, to discourage the people from believing in Christ. And he replied loudly to be heard by the people in the temple area. He said, why ask me concerning the Son of Man? He sits at the right hand of power and will come again on the clouds of heaven. And, and many of the Jews in the area heard this, and, and they replied, Hosanna to the Son of David. And that was about all the Pharisees could take. The uh, they tossed him off the, uh, the wall of the temple, and they did not kill him, so they, they stoned him and finally beat him with a fuller's club, which is a, a club that they used to, to dye uh, uh, materials with. But, uh, but I think this gives you a good indication of, of who James was. He was a, he was a bold uh, person, and he definitely, he definitely walked the walk. Um, the book was written, uh, well, it actually was the first book of the New Testament, and... Uh, Generally, they uh, think it was written somewhere between 45 A.D. and 60 A.D. 
and it was written in Jerusalem. The audience uh, for the book was the, were the Jews or the, the 12 tw- tribes that were um, in dispersion, the Jews that were believers um, that were living away from Israel uh, due to the, uh, most likely due to the persecution under Herod uh, Agrippa, which was chronicled in Acts 12 and occurred around 44 A.D. The why of the book, uh, the, 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 the Jews that he was writing to were suffering um, as new Christians. Um, they were, uh, um, they, uh, the practical standards for a Christian life were kind of getting, escaping them, kind of getting away from them. Um, so it was a practical advice. He was writing practical advice uh, um, to a person about what faith looks like, what godly behavior looks like. Um, it parallels the Sermon on the Mount um, closely. There's about 20 references, and we'll get into another slide on that in just a second. Uh, uh, there's 40 references to the Old Testament in the book. And the style is somewhat like Proverbs. It's a little snippets of wisdom. Um, it does not explicitly mention Jesus Christ by name except for two times. Um, although the, the, whole, the whole epistle is, is an application uh, of Christ's many, uh, of his many sermons and, and as documented by the Gospels. Um, James has a direct style. He chides brothers um, that act in ways that are contrary to the faith in, in Jesus. Uh, MacArthur calls it a pungent style. Uh, I'd say it's, it's, it's a direct style, at least, anyway. Um, the air which James teaches um, was the, no, the Jewish notion, or the air that James was teaching about. I should, I should say he wasn't teaching air, but uh, the, what he was teaching about was a Jewish notion that the possession and the knowledge of the law would justify them even if they disobeyed the law. And this is, um, you can kind of look at James um, chapter 1, verse 2, and compare it with Romans 2, um, 17 to 25. Um, Mr. Uh, Matthew Henry, who is a, a, an old-time commentator, um, says this about the, the purpose of the book. He said it was to reprove Christians for the great, um, their great degeneracy in both faith and manners and to prevent the spreading of libertine doctrines which threatened the destruction of all practical goodness and to awaken the, the nation to a sense of the greatness and the nearness of those judgments that were coming upon them. You know, basically 70 A.D. and the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. And that was Matthew Henry that said that. Um, uh, again, James, is a, his focus was on the teachings of Christ during his life, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, in comparison, Paul was looking more at the death and resurrection of Christ. If, if there was a, a, a key verse, I'd say that was James probably 2.20, um, that saving faith is a living faith. Um, in that verse, uh, James points out that faith without works is dead. Um, this is just a quick, uh, well, this is just a, a table that shows how, um, how, how the book of James compares with the Sermon on the Mount. And it's mostly uh, uh, Matthew, but I think there is one... Um, uh, there is one Luke reference, or a couple of Luke references in, in there, but it's um, it's the subject matter is uh, is covered in both uh, James and Matthew, 
the, like the joys and trials, the, the God gives good gifts, the hearers versus doers, and um, the final one, the hasty oath, um, which is, is kind of one, one of my favorites, which is James 5.12 and Matthew 5, um, 33 to 37, which is basically let your yes be yes and your no be no. Uh, James uh, is, not, uh, is not an isolated epistle with isolated commands um, or isolated ideas about relationship between faith and works. Um, there's similar, First uh, John, uh, again, deals with similar ideas. Uh, Mike talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, Romans, parts of Romans deal with... Um, with uh, living the, the uh, with faith and living the Christian life, as, as do Psalms and Proverbs. Uh, um, the style and contact, both content, both deal with uh, with wisdom, um, God's wisdom, and man uh, versus man's wisdom. And Ephesians, again, uh, especially the last couple of chapters, deal with uh, living the Christian life. So uh, James doesn't stand alone in in um, in what he's teaching. I'm missing a note here someplace, but anyway, um, an epistle of straw. This is uh, this was kind of a, a comment that uh, I'm missing some notes here. Anyway, um, this is what Martin Luther had to say about uh, was one of the comments he had about uh, um, the uh, the epistle. Although he did come back later and um, he had a, another comment that it was basically a, a, a good book and good teaching. I, again, I the the actual comment got away from me here someplace but um, anyway all obedience is commanded of us first and foremost um, in this book has been lived out um, by Jesus Christ so the the entire epistle describes the obedience um, um, to Jesus Christ or the the way that he lived Um, and that's that's brought out in the first the first chapter um, in in looking to him um, who perfectly endured the test? Um, how he exhibits humility in verse one, or chapter one, verse nine. Um, the uh, being unstained uh, from the world in perfect righteousness, and that's chapter one, verse twenty-seven. Um, the perfect gift uh, to come down from the Father of Lights in one seventeen. Um, perfectly fulfilled God's demand and royal law, and we'll talk a little bit about royal law in in, in the law of liberty a little bit later. Um, and um, and then and then uh, well let's go to the next slide here once my notes kind of got away from me here some would see that there's a contradiction with or or would would think that there is a contradiction with Paul um, and and the, the question basically are we justified by faith alone um, and the, the answer is obviously yes. Um, before a holy God, as Paul declares in Romans 3.28. Um, in, in Romans, you know, uh, Paul talks of, uh, well, Romans 3.20, because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. And then in 3.28, he says, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Um, in, in Romans 4.3, he says, for what does the scripture say? And Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Uh, in Romans 5, 1, it's, therefore, have, uh, having been justified by faith. Uh, Romans 4, 5, but to the one who, work, who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is reckoned as righteousness. And then you have James, 
um, in James 2, 24, he said, you see that a man is justified by works and not, not by faith alone. Uh, in, in James 2.26, so also faith without works is dead. So, so which is it? Are we justified by faith or by works? Um, in Romans 4, 4 uh, chapter 4, verse 3, and James 2.23, they basically quote the same, the, the same verse or, or say the same thing. Uh, Paul is describing how man is saved before God. Um, it's, it's through faith, not, not uh, a work of the law. Uh, uh, And here is Romans 3.28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. In in James, um, chapter 2, verse 14, he says, "What, What does it profit, my brothers, if someone has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? And that that should, uh, is maybe a little... Easier to understand. Oops, my cursor got away. Oops. Having a little technical difficulty here. My cursor went away. It's over here. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, I, or I think that it's 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 a it's a work that indicates faith. So, um, and, and I think that's and that's kind of the point of, of the whole um, of kind of the whole book in in, in the in the 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 uh, the distinction between um, Paul and, and and James is that Paul is looking at the transaction between you and God. It's how are you saved, and it's it's faith that saves you. There, and there's and there's not a question about, about that. But James is looking at well, okay, from 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 a man standpoint, how does it how does faith appear? Uh, how does it appear to me? Um, and, and how how does it sh- how does it show that I am saved? It's by it's a product of that faith that uh, results in works. So um, it's it's not that it's still faith and it's uh, it it's not works. Well, I think the other thing too is they're talking about two different types of works. I think what um, what um, Paul is talking about is um, law works, the 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 Old Testament law, the Mosaic law, and he's saying following those rules aren't isn't that isn't what's what's going to save you. Um, and I, I think what um, James is talking about is the product. Uh, in fact, I think uh, somewhere in here we'll, we, we talk about what the definition of works is. And, and if you go back to the, to the Greek, it's more of a business-type uh, definition where it's a, a, pr- a produce or a product of work. Um, so it's, it's a result of or it's the output from, um, from faith. So, so um, both, I, I think... Paul and James are kind of looking at the same thing from a little bit different angle, is all, and, and gives us it gives us a little fuller explanation of uh, of what faith is by looking at it from you know what the transaction is with, between you and God and, and what how it looks to others. So um, and, and that, to me that that's the whole the whole issue here with the uh, the uh, the uh, apparent uh, discrepancy with with uh, with uh, with Paul. Um, you know, I think just one other thing, quick, and this is might we might go over this again later, is that um, Paul almost is talking about uh, uh, legalism. You know, it's 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 law works, and and um, the the error that I think um, um, James is trying to is trying to avoid is is uh, you know. Uh, 
I don't want to say, uh, you know, no, everything goes. You know, where you don't have to do anything. It's just you're, you're saved, so you're free to do anything you want to do. Uh, so I, I think those are the two ends of the spectrum that, the, that these guys are, look, are, are looking at. Um, okay. Just one thing I did want to talk about. Um, they, um, there's two, uh, two examples of faith that, um, that James uses, and it's, uh, it's around in this section. I want to say it's chapter 2 someplace here. But anyway, um, he, he uses, and, and one of them is the same example that, that Paul uses. He's talking about the faith of, uh, of, of Abraham. Um, and, and that faith... Um, you know, basically, Abraham. You know, God tells Abraham, "Get thee out of, uh, of thy country and away from thy kindred and away from thy father's house, and into a land I will show you." And and uh, uh, James is saying, "This is a great. This is a great. The actions of Paul, or the or the works of Paul, are a great example of faith." Um, Abraham. I'm sorry, not Paul. <laughs> um, and what, what great t- uh, faith it would have taken to leave everything that you know, your, your, your home, your family, uh, and move to, an old, to a new land at an old age. He, Abraham was 75 years or, or around there. Uh, um, and it was not just a verbal commitment by Abraham just didn't say, hey, yeah, that sounds good. I'll, uh, you know, sounds good, God. Uh, he actually did it. Uh, so it's the, uh, 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 James is, is calling out that uh, um, when... Abraham was called to sacrifice his, his son, the only heir that he has promised. Uh, and, and after, uh, uh, you know, now Abraham's over 100 years old, um, it took great faith, um, or, or that faith was, uh, was the action of that he was willing to, um, to sacrifice um, Isaac in, in obedience to, um, to God. Um, the other interesting um, example of faith is, is Rahab, uh, and again, it's, the story of Rahab is mostly in Joshua 2. Um, but Joshua had sent out two, two spies to, um, to Jericho to kind of check things out. And um, uh, Rahab was, uh, well, a proprietor, proprietor of a public house, or some might say a prostitute. Um, so she was pretty low on the status pole, but, but she believed that God was with the nation of Israel and believed and feared God and and. She believed that and was willing to act on that so much that she was willing to be- betray her city, you know, basically hide the spies, uh, and, and, and put her faith in God. So, so anyway, there's, there's two great examples, I think, of, of faith that uh, James brings out in, in, uh, in chapter 2. Hey, Mark. Yeah. I, I, you can kind of compare, like, Rahab, what, what she did... To, to demonstrate her faith. You look at the uh, Nazi war camps and stuff and you read historical things on Christians who were hiding or protecting Jews or getting them out in uh, the underground and things like that. They're, that's kind of the same thing. They, they, they demonstrated their faith to God by doing those actions. Absolutely. Which were... Which could have been deadly. Yeah, put put them in peril. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, uh, um, yeah, I think that's that's the gist of, of, of what James is saying here is that it's uh, it's uh, you know a, a saving faith is an is an active faith. It's it's not a dead faith. Um, 
and this is our next slide. <laughs> for as the body works without the, for as the body without the spirit is dead, and the spirit might be be called breath in that case. So faith um, works is also faith without works is also dead. Um, so there is more to salvation than than just the the outward confession. The, the sinner is saved by faith, and the believer must walk by faith. Uh, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Um, um, so whatever we do apart from faith is, it, is sin. So true faith is both productive and visible. And, and, and that's kind of the whole, you know, the born again thing, the, you know, turning from sin to, um, to, to Christ, um, where there should be. There should be a sign that, uh, that, that your life has, has changed, and changed and is different. Um, Uh, James continues in, in chapter 1, verse 22, Prove yourselves to be doers of the word, not just hearers who delude, delude themselves. Um, so we are called to live what we claim to believe, is, is what he's saying there. If, and again, the second Corinthians is another is just reinforces that. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Uh, James also insists that an inactive faith is useless. That's chapter 2, verse 14 to 27. Um, what does it profit, uh, my brothers, if someone ha- says he has faith but does not have works? Can, can faith save him? Again, that rendering might be, you know, can faith, um, uh, can, can that faith save, save him? Um, and the answer is no. It's the, 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 question, the, the question really implies a strong no answer. Uh, but faith is not being disparaged by James. It's, uh, but, he is, um, but he is disparaging inoperative faith. Um, again, uh, in 2.17, he says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Okay, now we're going to get to the test. The part that everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> I got the answers right here. Yeah, they're, they're, they're right here. Yeah. Uh, James is concerned about the effect and effectiveness and maturity of our faith. Um, so uh, James is, is like John one. We can it can be viewed as a, as a set of tests. Um, and in Second Corinthians, kind of supports this. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? Um, the first test um, in James is a test of obedience to God's word. And that's uh, you know, the, the verse that kind of indicates that is verse one, or chapter 1, verse 18. He chose us to give birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So... Um, you know, we are regenerated through God's word, and our responses is, is appro- appropriately presented as a first test of living faith. So a believer accepts uh, initial regeneration through the, through the word and ongoing submission to the word for spiritual maturity. So this obedience requires a, a receptive heart. It, re- it requires um, 
practical implementations of the truths of God's word. Um, and there's a contrast between a for, forgetful hearer and uh, an effectual doer. Um, and this is, um, well, let's take a quick look at um, verses 23 and 24. Um, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And this is, is to me, sounds just, it sounds like you know, going to church on Sunday and, and then living in the world the rest of the week. You look in the mirror, and you're great on Sunday, but you, you go away and you forget about that, and, and, and you're back in the world. Um, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the, of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. That's James 1.25. Second test is a test of perseverance and suffering. Um, and, and, and this is uh, really the, the, the first part of James. Is, uh, and it's really a beautiful part of it. It's, my brothers, uh, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Um, this, was, uh, this was written to the early church, but, um, but it can apply to us as well. Um, the, the, living the, the Christian life is not all fun and games. Uh, it includes maybe the same trials and experiences that we experienced in the pre-Christian days, uh, Difficult people, um, challenges at work, uh, crazy drivers cutting you off uh, on the freeway, financial challenges. <laughs> My wife is smiling at the crazy drivers <laughs> as we had an experience on the way over. So some of us are not totally sanctified yet. So. Uh, uh, and physical ailments or suffering. So um, as, as a Christian, you're going to experience these trials. Uh, many are uh, experiencing trials right now. And, and no, I'm not talking about this class. I think about things beyond that. But, um, but uh, as Christian, these trials um, or tests, um, you know, we 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 have a we develop a dependence on the power of, of Jesus through the power of prayer, um, for He is our intermediator um, to the throne of grace. And as I tell uh, my family quite a bit, in, in times of testing, it's it, it comes down to who are you trusting now? Um, are you are you trusting your abilities? Um, are you trusting other men? Uh, are you tr trusting government or political power, uh, parties or your money or your wit or your personality? Um, it, it, it just comes down to who are you trusting? Are you trusting in, in um, the power of prayer in Jesus Christ or, or are you trusting in, in man? Um, and these trials are never over soon enough. Um, they are actually over when God says they're over. And, and it's not on our schedule, it's, it's his timing. Uh, so these, through these trials, we, we develop patience and, and submission to God's will rather than to our own. But, this, but these trials build faith and enable perseverance through the, through the next trial. So it's, a, it's a, kind of a learning process. The test of partiality. Um, in chapter 2, the first nine verses discuss uh, the examples of partiality shown in the church uh, between rich and poor men. Um, the rich man is given special 
treatment and the other is ignored. Uh, James um, makes it clear that partiality is a sin uh, and that we're judged by the law of liberty. Um, in, in the, this term came up, law of liberty, came up a number of times in this, in this uh, uh, epistle. And um, so I took a look at it, and, and, and here's what Thayer's Greek lexicon says about it. It's the law of liberty, which is freedom from the dominion of corrupt desires so, so that we do, by the free impulse of the soul, what the will of God desires. It is freedom to do or admit things that have no relation to salvation. So um, it's, uh, it, it, it's freedom from, basically freedom from sin. It's, it's freedom, it's, uh, it frees us from sin. Uh, let's see here. So as believers, we are heirs to the kingdom, and as such we must live under the, the law of the king. So the royal law that is also referred to in, 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 in James is probably refers to the whole law as term, interpreted and handed over to the church in, um, uh, in the teaching of, of Jesus. And that law is contained in the scriptures. So the, the, the Bible becomes an authoritative rule of life. It reveals God's will for how we should uh, think and live. Um, so we should always read and study it with a view to how it applies to our daily lives. But even though we do, uh, do not need to fear that awful judgment if we are in Christ, um, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.12, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And that's Romans, oh, oh, I'm sorry, that was 2 Corinthians 5.10, but he also talks about it in Romans 14, uh, 10 to 12. Um, our sins have been judged and removed from us through the death of Christ, through, through salvation, where the, that's taken care of. But our, um, but our lives as, as believers will undergo the, the Lord's uh, evaluation. Um, those things that were done out of love for Christ and for his glory will be rewarded. Those things that were done out of selfish motives are worthless in God's sights and will be burned as wood, hay, and stubble. That's 1 Corinthians 3, 11 to 15. The test of the tongue. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, let's read uh, James 3, 5. It's, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest uh, consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. Um, the, 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 you know, what can you say about the tongue? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the way you get in trouble the most often, often the quickest. It's just... Uh, um, and, and I, it's also, I think James kind of points out the genuineness of, of a person's faith is, is demonstrated by his speech because of you know, the words that you speak are, are an indication of what's in your heart. Um, Self-control is, is tested by the use of, uh, uh, by, by how one uses his tongue. So, uh, you know, a tongue can, is tamed if it praises the Lord rather than self and builds up others uh, rather than tearing them down. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Can I back up just a hair? Yep. Bob, didn't a long time ago, didn't we... Wasn't there some, uh, 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 not debate, but wasn't it, I want to talk about, when we talk about our motives, 
for good works, which we you just got through talking about. How do you draw the difference? Because I remember, boy, maybe like 15, 16, 17 years ago, I would look at my walk with Christ and I would say, gee, I don't think I'm doing enough for the Lord. Okay, so you're you're subconsciously saying that to yourself, and then you say, well, maybe I should be doing this. Maybe I should be doing this. Maybe I should be doing A, B, C. Okay? Now, is it true that as a Christian, you'll just, the works will come? Okay? With true faith, the works will come. But if you... If you consciously say to yourself, "Okay, gee, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh, uh, do this," okay, and boy, am I gonna do this for the Lord? You see what I'm saying? How do you draw <laughs> that line, Bob or Mark? I hope we're catching. I don't know okay. if we're catching this on that mic there. Um, what but is that's a big what question. Is, what does the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So let's take the most difficult case, okay. the tongue. Right. Okay. You might do something nice for your wife, but you might say something bad before you did what was nice. That happens to me. So the tongue is harder to deal with than what else we might do. Okay. Yeah, but it is, you can't control the tongue by trying to control the tongue. No. You can only control the tongue by having something graciously change our hearts and our thoughts. Right. Because you think something, blah, 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 I'm mad, I'm angry, I didn't do something. And it'll come out. Yeah. Yeah. At the worst time. Right. <laughs> and, and so, and now everything is recorded. They got these little devices. Right, right. <laughs> and, and it goes all over the internet. So, what does that say to us as a Christian? We should find out how it is God changes the heart and mind yeah. and get involved with what will change the heart and mind, which is faith, the, the work of grace through the word of God that comes to us. The change that God makes so that I hear the exhortation, you ought to do this in the scripture. Grace. But I care about that. Right. If God didn't do a work in a hurry, he wouldn't care. Right. When we say, well, we're going to go do whatever you want to do. Well, why do I want to do evil if God changed my heart? Yeah. I'd rather do good. It's just I'm not so great at it. Right. Matthew 5, 16. Yeah, and that comes out of... No, we, yeah. We're, yeah. what we're teaching about is means of grace. Means so of yeah. grace. By being here, exhorting one another, encouraging one another, yeah. studying the scripture, seeing that God use somebody like Rahab at some point in history, right. you're thinking, well, I bet God could use me. That's faith. And, and it's a change of heart. And then God uses that to change us, not just try harder, do more. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I'll say it more. Yeah, no, and I think that's good, but, but I think the, 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 the result of that changed heart is the works. 
So it, yeah, it flows. Yeah. One's a product of the other. So you got to yeah. have the change heart yeah, first. Yeah. Work is your tongue. It's only going to change if your heart changes. Right. Right. But exactly. I, I remember as a young Christian, people get bogged down in that. I, I really, I don't know if anybody else yeah. did, but when I was a baby Christian, those were things that passed through my mind. Like I'd just go to church on Sunday, I'd read a little bit during the week, and I'd say to myself, "Gee, I'm not doing nothing." You know. So that comes with, as you grow in the Lord, as you grow in the Word. Yeah, and as you grow, the Lord will, you'll be reading about something, and the Lord will, you know, say, put it in your mind, well, maybe I ought to be doing this today, or maybe I ought to be doing that today, or perhaps that person needs my prayer today. And that's how it, it goes, as you get more and more Yeah. <laughs> and we can be full of unbelief. Yeah. But, uh, but the, the continual sitting under the teaching of the word makes it harder or less likely that we want to do that. Sunday I'm working on a sermon on bite or on uh, soil you're reaping. Alright, so God gives us motivation. Do you want to reap corruption or do you want to reap eternal life? Well, what kind of seeds are you planting? It's all in the scripture. But if we get far away from that, our minds just gear to the pagan world around us, and and then we don't have faith. When we don't have faith, we don't have obedience. Yes. We don't listen. But see, it's that whole cycle of God promises to complete in you when you start it. So in some way it's of God, it's in some way of you. Some way you get there even though and you can't completely go off because well, promises Yeah, you the word of God will call us back. God will bring us back. And you respond because you're his, and that's the test, right? When we actually show some of these things that if you're his, if you're not, you just continue off. God will get us back. But isn't that where, I mean, when you get saved at the end, you may be gun hold to, to, you know, want to change the world, so to speak, and, you know, do things because they're not being done. But then as you become... As you start growing in the Lord, you know, I, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking that you find yourself that you really have this desire to draw closer to the Lord. And so maybe your outward part is, is, is um, kind of pulling back because you realize your sinful nature. And you really do. You want to get closer to the Lord. You want to get closer in fellowship, reading the Word, prayer. All of this, and that's where God, I think, is starting to show, like myself, things in my life that needs to get changed. And I think through that, then the outward expression is going to come about, but maybe in small little things. No, and I, I would, I would agree. I think that you, you know, as you are draw closer to the Lord, He'll He'll provide the opportunities, you know, for you to. Well, yeah, and I think, yeah. Yeah, what, what, yeah, 
what he wants you to do and not and not what I think I should be doing for him. So yeah, I think that's that. Yeah, and and that's where the, you know, being in the word in 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 um, will lead you the right uh, direction on that. So. Anything else? Should we go on to another test? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the test of worldliness. How about <laughs> This is the test of worldliness. Uh, it's basically uh, chapter 4. It's, uh, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whatever wishes, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And, and this is you know, basically, the, it's either one or the other. You're either with God or you're with the world. Um, and, and the results of that, I, um, James outlines in, in verse 1, it's quarrels and factions, it's um, presumptuous planning, um, independent of God. It's the you know doing your own plans. It's um, uh, it's self-serving oaths and uh, just I just want to talk about oaths for a second. It's something that was a little bit interesting about. Uh, I, I never really understood um, oaths and why it was such a big deal. But the Jewish tradition, our Jews had learned the fine art of uh, concealing the truth. Um, under an oath with a hair-splitting distinction between binding and non-binding oaths. So, you know, basically they'd make their point by, trying to, by making an oath that pretended to be of, or, uh, a, oath, uh, uh, a binding oath with, uh, under God, but, but really wasn't. And so they're, they're basically, um, it was a self-serving oath that, w- that was used to hide the truth. So, um, so that's where I think where, 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 that, where the oath uh, thing comes from. And, oops, no, I lost it again. Okay. Yeah, or I, you know, I think they were just, you know, just dealing with each other day to day. They trying to make a point. They make some make some oath that appeared to be an oath before God, but really wasn't. So you know, it's kind of the. I, I hope there's no attorneys here, but it kind of reminds me of attorneys. <laughs> you kind of twist in order to make the, make the point you're 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 trying to make. Um, um, and I think the other point here was that there in in the towards the end of um, this chapter, um, um, there uh, there we go. Um, James talks about uh, you know. The, People saying today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city and we're spend a year there and buy and sell and make a make a profit and, and I think he's he's saying that you know it's it's got to be of God's will not just what 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 you want to do and what you're thinking that you're going to do on your own. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's looking to the world for. You know, for your moral standard or for your, um, 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 yeah, it, it, it's it's using men's, pardon me, or approval. Uh, or approval. Yeah, yeah, it's using man's standards versus God's standards. I think. And, um, Amen to that. <laughs> Uh, test of humility. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Um, 
in, in uh, chapter one, verse nine, let, let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. Uh, you know, pride and humility um, are, they're two, two opposing forces. Uh, the, you know, the proud man lacks the wisdom of God and when our pride is in Christ, it's, you know, true hum humility occurs. I think it's, it's saying um, uh, that, uh, well, basically it's, it's the proud man either lacks wisdom or a sense of really who he is. It's seeing your God, yourself the way that God sees you. Um, and that certainly creates humility uh, for me. The test of prayerfulness. Um, the prayer of a righteous man is, a, is powerful and effective. Um, you know, where do we turn in, in times of trial? It's, an, it's the natural response um, of the redeemed and joyful heart in, um, in Christ to pray uh, to, for, to the one who was able to save him. Um, you know, again, James uh, 5.13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. It's, it's basically the pray without ceasing um, that Paul talks about. Uh, there, there's, there's all, every occasion is, is right for prayer. And there's power in prayer. Um, it, it's, uh, it's the work of a saint to pray for grace in your own walk, but also to, uh, to seek help for others, um, to intercede for others in, in their lives. Um, Paul, or, uh, Paul. <laughs> James also talks a little bit about the nature of prayer. Um, and this is really in the first chapter, but he says, let, let him... Ask in prayer nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the, with the wind and tossed. For let not man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It's, it, um, it, it's a, again, this is about faith, prayer, the, what you believe when you're, when you're praying. Um, um, Hypocritical, you know, kind of saying one thing, you know, doing doing another, or uh, yeah, yeah, hypocritical, yeah. Yeah, I've never done that. And and expect and yeah. Yeah, and if um, you know, he he talks a little more about that too. Um, uh, if I can find it here now. How about the previous slide where it said friendship with the world is enmity with God? So the world, it is. It says in First John, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So we're friends with the world, we think like the world, and that's just how sure. life is. But we get in trouble, why don't we pray? <laughs> but then we're in trouble, we live up back to friends with the world. That'd be very double-minded, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's like when things uh, happen, you know, uh, uh, tragedies and things in the world, like 9-11 or things like that. You see that churches are packed uh, for a while after that, and then they go right back down. That's false, and then... He does what he doesn't want to do, and doesn't do what he wants to do. <laughs> and, 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 and this is Paul, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's wrap things up with, with the wisdom of James here. Um, in, in James 3.17, um, he says, The wisdom that is from above is, for, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and willing to yield, 
full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Um, those in Christ are motivated, motivated by the wisdom and purity of God's will, which is outlined to us in his word. Uh, true living faith gives believers that ability to choose the wisdom of God. James provides numerous practical examples uh, to illustrate this point. Um, he talks about faith endures in the midst of trials. He calls on God for wisdom, uh, bridles his tongue, sets aside wickedness, visits orphans and wit widows, and does not play favorites. Uh, while James recognized that even believers stumble, that's in James 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 2, he also knew that faith could not uh, coexist with people who roll their eyes at the less fortunate, uh, ignore the plight of others, or curse those in, in their paths. Um, as you read the letter from James, focus on those areas um, that he mentions, and your actions during trials, uh, your treatment of those that are less fortunate, uh, the way you speak and relate to others, um, and the role that money plays in, in how you live your life. Allow James to encourage you uh, to do good according to the faith you proclaim. The message is clear. A, a Christian who is abiding in a living faith, the perfect law of liberty, will evidence a pure and undefiled behavior before God. Uh, his life will be, um, will be increasingly unspotted and not influenced by the evils of the world. It's a, that'd be a walk of separation. Um, while he fills his life with, the, with divine good or works of compassion and love. Anyway, that's, that's the wisdom of James. Anyway, is, is there any questions, or have you heard enough about James? To me? <laughs> All right, well, um, sh oh. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I did not find a chiastic structure. That doesn't mean it isn't. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't mean it isn't there. <laughs> it just means that I couldn't find it. Uh, all right, well, um, we'll close. Oh, good. Um, not quite sure um, how to get this across, but in James 127 that uh, Thomas had brought up earlier where it says religion that, are, that God our Father accepted pure and faultless is this. You know, he has to be open to widows and their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Um, I've heard that verse emphasized as part of a, um, a social gospel um, where that we have to earn the right to share the gospel with people by meeting their physical needs and that James goes on to say that if you see someone, a brother or sister, naked and hungry and you tell yeah. them go uh, be warmed and filled and you shut the door on them, that what kind of faith is that? that um, that James is promoting a social gospel so that we have the right to um, share um, salvation, the gospel with them. How would you respond to um, that kind of a claim? Well, uh, yeah, I, I think it's... it's um it's the faith that produces the good works, not the good works that produce the faith uh, or, or, or that justify you. So, you know, uh, I think that the, the, those works, um, when, when, when James is talking about, you know, um, the, uh, seeing the brother and sister that are, you know, need food and clothes and, and you ignore them, um, 
I think he's, he would say that that's an indication of the lack of, of faith in the individual, not, not, um, not that by doing those good works you attain um, salvation or, or um, I don't know, that, that's what it appears to me that, to be his whole book. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and that's a sign of our faith, is, is, is how we act toward each other and, and, and how we worship. You know, one thing that just really inspired me, and I keep referring to the right to the gospel, my meaning and physical needs, and everybody needs the gospel. Um, it has nothing to do with earning a right to give it to my meaning and physical needs. I understand that it's the right thing to do to take care of people, but the time is too together. Seems like the wrong thing. Yeah. What if we just say, well, I don't do enough good works, so I don't have any rights, so we'll just let everybody go to hell. Are they better off in hell having people trying to do enough works? No, it isn't about rights. It's about God is commanding all men everywhere to repent. Whether they think I'm a uh, social enough, whatever, have a social conscience, I don't care. The gospel is the gospel. No, this is a social gospel I grew up in, and it's Mm-hmm. One other thing in, uh, in this uh, scripture under, under consideration here, it says brother refers to a fellow Christian, not to people in general. And the Christian community yeah. was that encouraging them to help each other with their material needs. And this doesn't refer to the world, not that you can't help people in the mm-hmm. world. But yeah. The body of the Christian community was to help each other with their material needs. I'm going to have to give credit where credit is due on that one. My wife put that one together <laughs> and it did some work on. I think the idea was that James, what James was doing was taking um, the Gospels and, and, and the message of the Gospels and saying, here's how that plays out in life. Um, and so that's where, that's where the, the correspondence between the two, between uh, Matthew and, and, and James is. So, uh, you know, do you want to just look at some of those? Some of the, um, um, the joy and trials, uh, you know, James 1, 1, 2, and I don't, 
Does somebody want to look up the, the Matthew one? I'll do the, the James 1, 2. Uh, 1, 2 is my brothers, count it all joy when you fall into to, uh, diver, diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work, works patience. Um, and I don't know, Matthew, what, 5, 10? Okay, sure. Blessed are those who have been uh, persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, and it's in good work. <laughs> you know, um, from the opposite angle, um, strong, strong personality. Yeah. I don't think he read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to make one other point. You, sure. know, with, you were asking about how we know get the motives right. Mm -hmm. I think the, the word tells us that God gives each one of us when we come to him or when he brings us to himself, he endows us with certain gifts. And we don't all have the same gifts. We're different, we're all different parts of the body. But right. he gives us the gifts. And as we get to know his word better, those gifts become more obvious or they should or other people point them out to us and then then we can use those gifts the lord will show us how we can use those gifts for the greater benefit of the whole body of christ so. well i think he puts us in situations where we were yeah. were forced here or or yeah. we had the opportunity to use those gifts and, and and if we don't pass the test we kind of get the test again until we until we get it right so Anything else, guys? His first Jewish converts, right? So, what was going on that he, the reason for him writing this? Was there a question about, I mean, were they just getting so frustrated because of, of their persecution and everything? I mean, why, how does works tie in with the persecution? Well, I, you know, I, th I think part of the problem, what he was seeing was not, in their actions, was not consistent with, with saving faith. And I, I think he, he was call, calling them on the carpet for it. He's saying, you know, Christians don't do this. You know, if you're saved, you, don't, you won't be doing these things. So I think he was, he was kind of reminding them that, you know, that, um, uh, again, one of the commentators was, was, was saying that, um, you, you know, the, the problem with, with some of with the Jewish uh, converts was that they, they believed that they, they knew the law and that even though they didn't follow the law, that they were somehow just, they were kind of, you know, they were kind of saved anyway. <laughs> so I think what James was saying is that, well, if you have saving faith, you're not going to be um, ignoring your brother who's in need. You're not um, going to be quarreling all the time. You're not uh, with, with your brothers. You're not going to be... Um, uh, or some of the other things you're not going to be, be relying on the Lord for, um, um, you know, for or, or for God's will for for planning things. So, so I think he wasn't seeing those things, and he, he, that was what he was calling out to to those believers. Okay, uh, well, let's uh, close in prayer then. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to, to get together today, tonight and to, uh, to, uh, to study your word. We thank you for the opportunity for, um, uh, for 
to be edified and, and, and counseled and, and taught by, by other believers. So we thank you for your word and um, for salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for both James and Paul who gave us different um, angles on the, same, um, on the same topic of faith. Um, these things we pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good job, Mark. Very good. Very good.